Well, uh, in the words of Miley nice Cyrus, grown. <laughs> it's, it's a party in the USA, baby. Uh-huh. And Patrick Bateman is vice president of that party. It's funny because his card does say vice president. All of their cards say vice president. That's funny. Or wow. Is, it, is that typical? How do no, businesses yeah. work? Are there I, a lot of I, vice presidents? No. I have no idea. There's usually one. I think that's like the point. I don't know what the point is. And it, they actually, the word acquisition is spelled incorrectly on all of their business cards. Ooh, because they're stupid. Because they're dumb. And we're talking about American, American Psycho. Psycho. Uh, the... this, this is Halloweener. is a horror movie podcast. I'm Kira. I'm Cody. Uh, yeah. Um... Full disclosure, I mostly wanted to do this because I just read the book. Ye- wow. I did. I thought... I can read. We just like had a connection. No. Um, and you wanted to talk about a movie with me. It's I didn't fake. realize it was... <gasps> much like Patrick Bateman. Oh, maybe. <laughs> you just throw your water all over <laughs> Jump out the window. Um, well, I will continue alone. Cody's jumped out the window onto the scaffolding. Yes, I read the book. Mm-hmm. Um... And I don't even know if you would qualify this as a horror movie. Right. But I figured it's about a guy who kills people. Mm-hmm. It's like slasher-esque. Right. It's about murder. Yes. It's just interesting that we're seeing it from his perspective. Correct. For the most part. And it does, he references other serial killers too. Correct. Um, and, uh, you know, it is a little stressful, so. Yeah. That it, I, I would kind of put it in the, that the blue side genre. Sure. I don't know if we were to give genres colors. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'd seen it a few years before and I was like, well, that was a, that was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to, fun to watch it again. It's, it's really quite fascinating. <laughs> and we watched it. the uncut version. Mm. Mm. Oh, honey, was he? We don't see his penis. I don't we know. Never, <laughs> we never see it. We never see it. I mean, he's in tidy whities but no. I wasn't like looking, you know, I was like really focused on the art. No, I swear I wasn't looking. Oh my God. I would never. I would never stare at, his abs were very nice though. Like I was just, I can appreciate like the effort, which I think it was like he would spend four hours at the gym and then spend like two hours training on set. So it's like, when do you eat or sleep or poop? Christian? Do you know how old he is in this movie? Uh, He's yes. 26. He's 26 years old. So, which, okay, I just turned 28. And I look like a sack of potatoes. I was going to say, I just turned 27 <laughs> and I look... <laughs> I look With like if a traffic, like, like a, a, like a telephone pole came to life. Oh, um, oh, do you mean that the cylindrical t- uh, Yeah, I'm just like, comes? I'm just a tube. <laughs> yeah, I look like those. <laughs> I'm purely a triangle. Um, <laughs> My shape is conic. Yeah. Um, it, also, it's not important, but Reese Witherspoon was 24 in this movie. No, I mean, that's, that is important for my life. sad. She's so little in this. Very cute. But, like, I got a little, she's got little features. <laughs> she and I were not made in the same factory. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. She does look like wasp. Like, Miss, more right. like Reese wa- waspies. Literally... Well, and, and yeah, it's funny how literally I saw somewhere they're like, this is the second movie that she gets dumped in a restaurant and like causes a scene. She does the same thing in Legally Blonde. Oh my God. Which is very funny. I didn't, it's I my didn't niche market. Yeah, they're like, she looks if like this movie doesn't include me rich, being dumped yeah. at an Arby's, I am leaving. <laughs> I'm not in it. Also, he goes to Harvard, which Elle Woods went to Harvard. So maybe there's like an alternate universe oh where Elle Woods and Patrick Bateman like, I don't know, Collide. maybe he murdered her. No, and then she never I mean, got to be like he did cool go, and real. It, this is also oh, it's important to know this is a period piece. Oh, 1987. Said 1987. Yes, Maybe exactly. Uh, filmed in 2000. Mm-hmm. 2000 and zero. Um, <laughs> we're kind of bounced all over the place, but I do. I, this jacket. movie. This we're movie jacket. only cost 
$7 million, and I think it looks pretty amazing. Yeah. Movies that are set in a period mm-hmm. time, like a time that's not the time they were filming in, like, uh, will just naturally cost more. Because mm-hmm. you have to dress a lot more of the set. And you have sure. To, like, do a lot more hair stuff, like, mm-hmm. on extras and everything, which you normally wouldn't do. And it looks pretty authentic. I think it looks pretty fun. I mean, it doesn't look like... It looks pretty damn good yeah. for what it had. I agree. And it's still effective. Like, I still... I'm doing that like it. Like, at certain points. Yeah. Um, also... It was directed by a woman. Yes, uh, and written, written by two women. Written by two women. Uh, one of the writers was Guinevere Turner. She plays the friend who's like, I'm, I'm not a lesbian. And he's like, well, he went really? to Really? That's her? Yeah, he's like, well, he went to oh. Sarah Lawrence College. So which, he's like, where's my drug dealer? <laughs> yeah, which like, iconic. But that, that fun fact, that that writer, uh, no she went to Sarah Lawrence and she is a lesbian. So That's funny. Surprise, bitch. Twist. Actress. Um, um, yes, and Mary so, Heron, the director, and the mm-hmm. other co-writer... Um, she, this is, okay, there's an unfortunate thing that happens with female directors, mostly, um, where if, even given the opportunity, they'll be, they'll get one movie that's, like, a hit. It's, like, huge. Mm-hmm. And then for years afterwards, they'll maybe get another movie or two, but they'll be mostly relegated to TV. Mm-hmm. Women directors don't really get a second chance. <laughs> yeah. That's seemingly. Legit. Although, American Psycho made back its budget and is very well regarded now, I would say. I would say so, so, yeah. I don't really know what the fucking problem is. Yeah, I... And you know what's nuts? I, like, did not realize it was written or directed by a woman at all until today. When I and I, I... And not so to, like, you know, project I I onto that. an entire ge- gender, but I do think having a female eye mm. in this type of movie is crucial. Oh, absolutely. With so much stuff being done to women in it and... Uh, women being talked about in certain ways. It's, mm-hmm. I think if it was all men, which obviously what the book is, it would be mm-hmm. a little bit rough. Um, yeah, even the um, the way the sex workers were directed, like, their scenes are very much like, uh, uh, well, this is a job. Like Completely different than how it is in the novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are given no agency or identity in the novel. Any sex workers or very few women that he interacts with. And that's mostly mostly a product of it being in the first person, sure. the novel. Mm-hmm. But also, it, they're basically neat. Which also serves the story, but I think if it was in a visual medium like this, it would seem a little bit exploitive. Yeah. <laughs> at the very it's, least. Oh my god. Like, because we can tell, because the movie is so very well directed and acted and written and, like, put together, like, you know he's an asshole piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to have the girls be like, ooh! Like, you know, and like, it like doesn't need to be, or, yeah. yeah, or just being like, oh yeah, like, no, this is a job and yeah, they're uncomfortable and like, they're not gonna, like, you know, it just like, it showed the truthfulness of the situation, which I thought was really cool and made it scarier because mm-hmm. like, you saw through their eyes, they're like, this motherfucker is, make me uncomfortable yeah. and like, it's a legitimate, mm-hmm. legitimate. Should we go into it? Or do you have any other random thoughts? Um, I mean, we can, we can, go. We can circle back, maybe. So, 1987. Bam. Where were you? Uh, I was not even an idea. Me neither. My brother <laughs> ma- was one. My parents weren't even married yet. So, they were like, nope, this is enough. Let's, we'll deal with this. We'll get there eventually. Invested. We'll yeah. get there eventually. Yeah. yeah um, uh, so, yeah, no, I wasn't I was even negative idea. four. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, um... Okay, so it immediately, immediately oh, starts with fun. the juxtaposition of murder and, like, murder-adjacent visuals mm-hmm. compared to the high-life, first-class, yes. 
uh, accoutrements of the lifestyle of the characters. <laughs> so you get, mm-hmm. it looks like blood dripping. Yes. And mm-hmm. you see a knife. There's all against a white background. It's all very mm-hmm. abstract for the opening credits. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it's just some raspberry sauce and oh like God. a really a big knife. You crazy <laughs> audience. American Psycho. I will say that in the first like moment of that mm-hmm. opening, there's the red droplets and they're moving in a way where you're like, I'm not sure what that is. But there's this like deep bass uh, a sound. Like a ba- it kind of sounds like the op- it's kind of sounds like Jaws for a second. Okay. And because of the oval shape of the drop and it happened kind of quickly, I was like. Okay. Like, I don't know. It just... It's something that was off. It seemed like it was a nod to Jaws in a very, very subtle way. Because it kind of could have looked like a fin. Mm. Maybe that was just me. But I thought that was really cool. Um, so we're introduced to the world of Patrick Bateman, our main character, and mm-hmm. his um, very, very, very wealthy acquaintances, co-workers, friends. Garbage they are people. Just... Everyone who's it's, dick, it's, I want to chop off. It's like... No. advertisement for the guillotine. Like, the type of people that are, like, first to go. Yeah. <laughs> we bring that back. Whenever we have to start eating Yeah, humans. when the rich are becoming a delicacy, they will be the first to go. Um, hi, rich people who listen to our podcast. Are any of you there? Probably not. Oh my god, please. If you are, give us money! Yeah, um, or just, I don't know, donate to someone for the love of please. fucking god. Um, so yes, they're um, yuppie, wealthy investment bankers in the late 80s, the mm-hmm. end of the Reagan presidency. <sighs> Lower Manhattan, doing really well. It's just, just the scum of the earth. <laughs> um, and we we get an insight into one of the themes of this movie is it, or not theme. One of the one of the traits of this movie is it. It spends a lot of time, and the book does this even more, mm-hmm. describing the minute <laughs> delicacies of their life, whether it's the food they're eating or the clothes they're wearing uh-huh. or the, the, their business cards. Um, Mm-hmm. The Gautier bags. And right, exactly. Armani um, suits, whatever the fuck. Couches and stuff. And <laughs> sorbets. And it... it, the, okay, it, it the funny thing is, it's... Some of the food that they describe mm-hmm. in this sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, right, right the restaurant? Yeah, it's like, oh, squid... Oh, yeah, it's like... It sounds very high te- uh, yeah. high quality, because it's like the squid ravioli, and then this yeah. and then that, and Ugh. like... And granted, I thought it's squid ravioli, nice and it's like... I have a nice rare rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, this doesn't sound great, but everyone's like, it's all these white waspy people with huge cowlicks and like huge hair and like, uh, no. you know. At one point... Uh, um, so stylized, love it. At one point, somebody orders peanut butter soup. Stop it. With like some sort of fish. Uh, they Somebody makes mention of sea urchin ceviche. It just sounds <gasps> disgusting. Right. Like, give me some Easy Mac. Honey, yeah, I'll have a, the finest bowl of Easy Mac that you can Seriously. find. Um, so that's funny. It's like the idea of they're playing the part of rich people, mm-hmm. but they're maybe not enjoying things in life that people who aren't rich enjoy because it's seen as more elite. They're forced to like follow a certain like trend in the script and like yeah. none of them enjoy doing it. Like if you're it's out of like caviar. You have to do it. No, never. It's just like salty bubbles. Like it's not good. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. Like Give me I, a Hershey kiss. And I, 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 it's same thing with like, I mean, this is just me, but like, I shouldn't say this, but like, I think diamond rings, like, I'm like, no, I don't it, care. Please. Who cares? I don't care about diamond ring. I don't care about diamond rings. <laughs> There's a song. Um, yeah, like that, like I know because it's like a product that's like, look, this is an idea of how much money this costs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need that. And that all kind of aligns with the idea of sort of well, illusory... Much- existence 
throughout the movie, and I'm going to go into this later, they make a lot of mention, Patrick Bateman makes a lot of mention of, I'm not really there, or there's, right. there's an idea of me, mm-hmm. but it's not real. Mm-hmm. And much in the same way that there's an idea that if you are eating sea, ur- sea urchin ceviche, that means you are wealthy, and you have money, and therefore right. you are a better person. But that's mm-hmm. just not true. Right. You're eating something that probably tastes terrible with people you don't like. No. And you're bored as fuck, mm-hmm. and you want to die but you have all that money so you're fine right yeah no i as a you know a middle class person this movie is so very so 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 very interesting and like which is why it's so effective is because like this is a mindset that people have and like i mean the, within the business world itself and like mm-hmm. the wanting to obtain like these this wealthy status by obtain, purchasing all these things and having all these things and also just the way it's written and his view of like women and like the serial yeah. killer aspect. I mean, like it's literally like the checklist of like serial killer thoughts and actions. Mm-hmm. Obviously he gets there, but like from the get go, it's like, <laughs> you know, checking out all those boxes of like being a complete, like just cracking and yeah. probably killing a few women. And also much like the way he treats women as uh throwaway mm-hmm. as trash. That's the word. Like you just like, you can throw it away. Disposable. Oh, sorry. Um, and temporary and mm. fleeting, and there'll always be another one and a better one out there. Right. That's There's the same way. Blonde. Exactly. The, the same care and attention is, or the same feeling is expressed towards trendy things at the time. Mm. Like they're sitting in one restaurant, and they'll be like, "We nobody even goes here anymore. What are we doing here?" Yeah. There's no or, one here. Yeah. Your business card is this. Mine's this now. This is what's in now. It's all temporary. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> and like the suits and the this and like your ugly haircuts. Oh my god! It's so it's so fascinating. I'm here for it. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's the opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I do love in this scene, it's when he's like talking with his, one of them's like, oh, and he's dating someone from the ACLU. Yeah. Like, oh, like just, they're all smug. Like he, Patrick has these like smug eyes. And Here's he where they're like, look yeah. like he's going to kill you. He's, he's like cool with the anti-Semitic talk. Cause the one yeah. guy's like, hey. I saw my lawyer spending a fucking menorah. <laughs> right. And they're like, are you dating? Oh, right. And that's when he's like, you're dating someone from the ACLU. Yeah. Right, right, right. Hey, let's go back on the uh, anti-Semitic talk. And that's the thing. I was like, he's not even like saying to cut that shit out because he wants to be a nice person. Like he's just saying cut that shit out because it will make him look bad. Right. If he's associated with it. He wants to be, I think it's a comp- a combination of he wants to be as low lying a persona of possible um, criminality as possible. Mm. But also he truly despises these, pe- these people that right. he's with. Mm-hmm. And he even says later when he breaks up with Evelyn, his fiance, mm-hmm. you can have our friends. I don't want them. <laughs> I don't. Please take them. They're all, and I mean, the way he kills Paul Allen with such ease, like, if mm. any of them had to die in his eyes, mm-hmm. he would do it. They're all disposable. Yeah. He, he says his, his only emotions he has are greed and disgust. Mm. So, Fun. it's all it's all up for grabs. Oh, it's so dense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to this. Um, you all, We also see the beginnings of a, a, a really big... Um, I would say maybe the defining theme of the movie is the mm-hmm. idea of uh, things that make you think you're part of the elite class. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's like a checklist of wear this clothes, go to this bar, go to this club, smoke these cigars, do these drugs. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. think you're so individual because you're rising above maybe the quote-unquote mediocrity mm-hmm. of what's not available to people without the means, mm-hmm. but you're conforming. You're just like everybody else, boo-boo. Complete conformity is the name of the game here. Mm. They're all wearing the same suits, yeah. and they keep confusing each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. They keep saying the wrong names, and, oh, isn't that blah, blah? Or, oh, no, I had lunch <laughs> with blah, blah in London, even uh-huh. though he's been dead. You know, And 
eventually that's what <laughs> makes Patrick able to get away with this is yeah. that he's such a, a a nobody. Yeah. Even though he thinks he's a somebody. Yeah. Or, well, well, because we don't know. Right. Ooh, did, if he did, did even, did he? and it's either. Like, what's what's worse? That he's, like, this person who's a dick and he's really is a, a fuckboy, but, like, he probably didn't kill these people, but he, like, really wanted to and he drew about exactly. it. Or that he did it. Right. I mean, and I, all I that. felt on that. We'll get there later. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. of course. Exactly. But, like, I'm, this is, like, I'm going to pin this at the top yeah. of the Facebook yes, uh, yes. group so that everyone reads <laughs> it's it. It's in my top eight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what? Ooh, throwing it back yeah. at the references. Um, but, yeah, they see people in the restaurant. They're like, oh, isn't that yeah. blah, blah? No, it's blah, blah. Let's go over here. So yeah. Um, is this when uh, he goes to the bar to order a drink? And yes. she's like, we don't take drink tickets anymore. It's they $25. Go to a club. Right. And then she turns away to go ring the drink in. And he, you see him looking in. No, no, I'm sorry. You see it shot the reflection of him in the mirror. And he's like, you ugly bitch. Like, I, what does he call her? I wrote it down. Um, You're a fucking ugly bitch. And he's I like, can't I, He says, I would love shot. to play around with your blood. Right. Which, like, cute <laughs> and flirty. That's, I remember someone said that to me. And then we dated for, like, ten years. Um... <laughs> cool acting but um, um again it, that was the be- beginning of it where you're like wait did he really say that out loud exactly or was that just him thinking it loudly and I noticed it this time I've seen this movie a and few times in chunks but I haven't seen it front to back in mm-hmm. maybe 10 years another visual motif they use a lot is um mirrors and reflected surfaces yes. and kind of obfuscated surfaces mm-hmm. uh, again surfaces uh surfaces. when he says that line to her which mm-hmm. is the very first instance you see of a slip of the mask of sanity of patrick mm-hmm. bateman yeah it, he's talking into a mirror mm-hmm. you're seeing his reflection so it is sowing the seeds of doubt already of whether or not he did this mm-hmm. or he's just seeing his reflection and the reflection is saying back to him what he wants to say yeah well, he's not looking into the mirror. We're just seeing the reflection of him looking correct, at the mirror. Correct, correct, yeah. right. But we're seeing we're seeing not the actual Patrick Bateman. Right. We're seeing the looking glass version. We're seeing the, you know, shadows on the cave. <gasps> we're not seeing the actual thing that's saying those words. Right. We can't say for sure that it happened. Exactly. Um, fun fact, this Patrick Bateman, uh, Christian Bale's depiction of this character was based off of a Tom Cruise interview with David Letterman. Uh, where, because they were like, he looked, he was a very aggressively friendly and there was nothing behind the eyes. That's so funny. Right? I was like, that's the realest shit. That's so funny. Um, and also off of uh, Nicolas Cage's character in Vampire's Kiss. Well, yeah. Which I mean... I Another, like, corporate clip. crazy person. Yeah. Oh, I watched that one clip. Because I still haven't seen Vampire's Kiss. I watched the clip, like, kind of skipping through of him. Like, ah! Like, just, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, can you imagine? Not once! Can you imagine yeah. just being, like, a PA? And she just coming to work. And <laughs> you think you're going to die that day. Okay. And the fact that he, like, it refers to her as, like, an ugly bitch. Like, oh, like, you're a fucking ugly bitch. Right. I think how he started it. And it's like, that again speaks volumes about, like... He's not just being like, wow, well, you're really rude. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. Like, and also, you're ugly. She's objectively not ugly. No, she's cute. <laughs> so the fact that he's using that as a weapon, he thinks it's something right. that can really harm her. Because he thinks that about himself. Mm. You know what I mean? No one would work out that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know this man is very broken inside. Exactly. Um, I like that he used Tom Cruise as a inspiration for the character because in the book the character of Pat- Patrick Bateman actually meets Tom Cruise <gasps> they live in the same building and they run to each other on the elevator and he's totally awkward with him he's like I loved you in that movie um cocktail yeah but he calls it something else oh I think I saw that it was a big yeah. like bartender yes something. bartender good fucking goes, job goes, cocktail it was called cocktail <laughs> which also is like wow fuck me if I'm Tom Cruise <laughs> like this character in this book is written this way <laughs> god like you heard you 
So uh, here's where we see Patrick's morning routine. Which I would love to compare to that of Mark Wahlberg's daily routine, which is gone. Have you not read this? No. The, I mean, I hate, I, I just know this. I hate Mark Wahlberg. I hate everything. <laughs> I heard this from people, but he basically, he released it on his Instagram, his daily routine. And then he wakes up at 2.30 a.m. And what? Works, out, works out twice in a day. And goes That's to why bed I go to bed. Seven, he goes to bed at 7.30 p.m. But it's, it's basically. What kind of life is that? Not a life I want to Depressing. live. You Although already, he had his uh, awful party boy days in his youth. Do you know he blinded right. a man? Oh. With those abs? No, he like literally attacked a man and blinded him. Ew, oh my god, I'm yeah. so sorry no, to No, he's like that. actually a criminal. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. uh, you heard it here no, first, No, he's kids. a bad guy. Um, um, we don't like Mark Wahlberg. Well, there you go. So anyone who has a very rigorous <laughs> daily routine, like Patrick Bateman or Mark Wahlberg, should not be trusted. If I go to the gym for like 45 minutes, I'm like, oh my god, I am a god. And I'm like, I am this... <laughs> Tonest bitch God, you've it. ever seen. You see these muscles? Fitness is a lifestyle, and yeah. it is for me. Girl, I try to... I can't do it. I, I do want to get back into running now that my toe is healed. Anyway, running. Anyway, Marcus Wahlberg. Um, we see uh, yeah, we see his exercise. He, oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, his whole thing about working out. And then he literally... We see him literally putting on a face mask mm. and peeling it off while he's talking about, like, he wears all these masks mm. and that, like... He says there's an idea of Patrick Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um... Blah blah blah, but I'm simply not there. You may, <laughs> yeah. you may, you can hold my hand, you can shake my hand, mm-hmm. and sense my presence, but right. I am not there. Me in high school, honey. Mm-hmm. So you literally also starts with them putting an ice mask on. So literally twice in the scene, he's putting on and removing masks. Mm-hmm. So the idea of um, Batman. Oh, the idea <laughs> of <laughs> um, playing a part, playing a character yeah. as part of his daily routine mm-hmm. is. So apparent and yeah. like not accidental. Yeah. He's also saying all this looking into a mirror. <laughs> Again, mirror. Also, yeah. when he's um, peeing, he's looking into his reflection on that Lay Miz poster above his. Right, yeah. you're right. Which, like, it's uh, he has a weird fascination with Lay Miz. It's all over the book. Really? Because at the time, Lay Miz in the late out. 80s, uh-huh. right, it was like Hamilton. Like, you could not get in. So if you've seen it and the characters in the books, the characters in the book brag about seeing it twice, three times. It's amazing. And it's so funny because it's seen as a social symbol, a status symbol to be able to say you saw Les Mis, much like seeing Hamilton. And much like Hamilton, it is a show not for them. Like Hamilton was not written for rich old people to be spending $4 (laughs) on. And Les Mis is about the poor rising up and trying to destroy the rich. Yeah. So they're just completely, the the idea of what they're seeing and experiencing is completely lost to them because it's just status symbols. That's too funny. Yeah. I love that. I didn't even think of it that way. I was just like, wow, that's just... Telling him the time. Yeah, no. That's really funny. Because really he, he can have the poster in his bathroom and then somebody can see it and he goes, oh yeah, I saw it, I saw it twice. It's, oh, it's pretty good. I saw Lamez. I, I saw caught a man name last week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go fuck yourself. So yeah, so next they go, uh, this is when we have the infamous uh, business card scene. Oh, no, 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 wait, I'm sorry. So he's going through this whole, before we do that, he cuts in this whole rigmarole of, you know, his face and peeling it off. And, and all his um, using facial masks um, that don't make you look old. <laughs> yeah, which like also like, I guess I should look into that. I know. Things are all on your face. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> He's so psychotic, but I'm, like, writing down. I know, wow, that's crazy. Don't do that. Um, but it goes to that, and it's, like, very serious. And then it goes, cuts to, woo! And it cuts yeah. to walking on I'm sunshine. Walking on sunshine. <laughs> well, we're getting cut. Oh, bit, my God. Uh, New York City. <laughs> the Big Apple. But then it, like, it zooms, like, towards his um, office building, very much a la Friends, like, during scene transitions. <laughs> so it was very much like, what? Like, it was... It was a choice, and I was there for it. First of all, I want to point out, you never, ever, oh, right. ever see them doing work 
at work. Never always listening to music. Music, watching TV, doing the crossword puzzle, talking to other, showing off their business cards, measuring their dicks. You never see them actually. (laughs) They do touch dicks. Um, I don't know. Dancing. <laughs> tip, tip, tip. Uh, yeah, so then we meet, um, we meet Evelyn, his Evelyn. supposed fiance, as he calls her, played right. by Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Love her. And they go to a restaurant, and yeah, he they, he walks in, and oh, also there's a lot of voiceover in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from Patrick Bateman, which is similar to the book being in the first person. Sure. You're in, yeah, his, yeah. you're in his head. And he walks in, and he says completely seriously. I'm on the verge of tears oh. as we walk in because I'm worried we'll, we won't get a good table. But um, we are seated and relief washes over me or something like that. And it's played completely oh, straight. People are dying. It's so funny. I think that's just a voiceover, tears. I believe. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so funny. It's so funny, so dramatic. He's just lives for the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, the oh, and they go to this, this restaurant and mm-hmm. um, the menu is reflective. Again, reflective surfaces. Um, I took notes of whenever that take occurs. Take a look at yourself. <laughs> I like that. Um, is this afterwards when he's walking home and, okay, he's walking home and he sees some, like, attractive woman yes. and he literally falls up right next to her at, like, uh, the crosswalk mm-hmm. and there's this, like, kind of high pitch, no, I'm sorry, it's, like, kind of high pitch music and it's, like, kind of sounds like a kid, like, singing. Ooh, yeah. Like, oh, you're gonna get murdered. The same music plays again later when Gene is looking through his planner and seeing all the really graphic imagery. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Whoa. So, fun. So we don't know if he killed her. He might have. Right. That's we see... It, well, cuts to it cuts to him at the laundromat. <gasps> with the blood on the sheets. the blood out of the sheets. Oh, my Crime Christ. Um, I just want to add, though, the scene with him um, approaching the woman on the street, mm-hmm. we see very few moments in the book of how he actually obtains the women he's about to kill or approaches them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is, again... A benefit to having women behind the scenes, mm-hmm. a women's eye, is this is, I feel like, a very real female fear to have somebody approach you on the street, what? walk up behind you at a weird pace, walk next to you, because yeah. you can't just run, because yeah. then you look like the crazy person. I mean, you tell me. I'm, I, I'm no, not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a man. I don't give a shit about Well, I, I think I, I told you that story how someone was trying to grab my phone, because yeah. I saw their shadow moving up behind me and, like, next to me. So, like, any, any person I, fe- I sense near me, I'm Immediately. And I don't care. And I'll run away from someone. I don't care about looking like <laughs> But he does like really kind of swoop in like last second, like right at the crosswalk. And then they walk at the and same like, pace Hi. across yeah. the street mm-hmm. from behind. And then it cuts to the bloody sheets of the dry cleaner. Bloody sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's screaming at the woman with the dry cleaner. Oh, and then, because he's like, I don't understand why you can't take this out, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets up on her face and he's like, uh, what? he like tells her he's going to kill her or something. If you don't... I, he says, if you don't shut up, I'm, I will murder you. <laughs> like, straight and up then tells she you. she goes, Whoa? And then it cuts back to him, like, she kind goes, of screaming. <gasps> so, again, you're not sure, like, just the way it's edited, um, it's still not clear. It's almost like an aside. Yeah. Like, did he really say that? Mm-hmm. Did he say it? And, like, she's just brushing it off. And then he runs into some other chick. From his building. Oh, okay, it's his yeah. neighbor. She doesn't, even though she clearly sees those bloodstained sheets, she still asks this motherfucker out to dinner. Again, it's people, and this is reflected later when he talks to the lawyer, who's like, after he's literally begging to be taken into custody for murder, the lawyer's like, I think we need to, I I need to leave right now. Yeah. People are trying their best to not make waves, Mm. not make a scene, not question anything that doesn't seem normal in this world. Hmm. I just realized something that's kind of interesting because mm-hmm. he references Ed Gein and Ted Bundy, yes. who are both people who 
their crimes were dismissed. Like their um, them as when they were suspected of the crimes, mm-hmm. they were initially dismissed. Right. Ted Bundy because of his attractiveness, and Ed Gein because they're like, no, it's Ed. Yeah. We can trust him with you know whoever. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess that there's kind of a parallel. Yeah. Ted Bundy had to kill. Bateman. Ted Bundy had to kill like almost a dozen women to even be. <laughs> Considered sus- a suspect. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a, a similar thing with uh, our boy Patrick here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, oh, they're like, oh, you know, you didn't, you didn't do anything. You're fine. He, he, yeah, he's rich. Yeah. Therefore, he, he's he's good. You must have been mistaken. Mm-hmm. You're, you're stop. Yeah. Um, Interesting. We go to his apartment, and there's a brief scene of him trying to get reservations at Dorcia. <gasps> Which we've heard, mm. a, we hear a few times about the movie. It's this, it is the place to be restaurant wise in New York at this time. God. Um, Can you imagine caring about that stuff? I'm just like, I got Taco Bell on Monday. Ah! <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, he calls Dorcia to ask if they can get a reservation tonight, mm-hmm. and the maitre d' just oh. laughs at him and like, <laughs> over the phone. Girl, rude. Yeah, but very funny. So funny. He also it's has just terrible laugh. porn casually on in the background. Oh my god, right. It was like, what's inside it's Lydia's butt Inside asshole. Lydia's ass. <laughs> what do you think is inside her ass? What, what's in there? Inside Lydia's it's actually ass. A, it's a medical film. Oh my god. It's like inside the actor's studio. <laughs> yeah. It's hosted by, uh, what's his name? James but Yeah, but Same it takes thing. place inside her asshole. Um, We're like, alive, like an asshole. <laughs> um, and then we learn, Do we? is this when we then meet he's like his friend's wife yes. he's in love with and she's like drugged up all the time he yes uh, we, we are introduced to at an earlier dinner we're introduced to lewis carruthers right who is engaged to courtney who cox courtney cox no Aww. um oh. who patrick is having an affair with right they're both engaged separately to other people so her name is courtney separate? yes so yeah I, is, and then we she's always on drugs so always she's always on xanax or lithium or something and he Definitely likes that because he can literally, like he does in that one scene, put her on a date, order for her, position her, treat, like make sure she's dressed gorgeously. Like it's very similar, ser- serial killer mentality of like, I need to have complete control over this. So the fact that she's drugged out and is close enough right. to, you know, you're, to the you're, fantasy you're he wants a, to obtain. Exactly. You are moldable. Yeah. I can do whatever I want with you. It's the kind of like the first like trial run for his serial killing. Yeah. I'm like, let me just try that. Oh, this isn't enough. This doesn't get my fucking penis happy enough. Let me actually just try to kill some yeah, people. Yeah, I got it. Um, I got it. We also see a shot of them in the taxi on the oh. way to a date here. Courtney okay. and Patrick. And it's... The camera is facing in through the windshield. Okay. So you're looking at them in the back and there's the kind of the divider between the driver and the, oh, per- and the yeah. passengers. Mm-hmm. And on Courtney's side, the glass on the divider is completely transparent. You can mm-hmm. see her. Mm-hmm. On Patrick's side, it is a very like... It feels blurry, right? Blurry mm-hmm. glass. Like a tempered glass. So it's hard to sure. see. You can just see his outline. Again. Yeah. Cool. Is he really there? Choices. Yeah. Oh, was he even there? Is he really there? Or the idea of him having a... a a, a division up, a wall up between yeah. him and other people. Yeah, like he's there, front. but you can't really see quite clearly. Exactly. Very much. This, I feel like this is like the like stepfather to Fight Club, in a way. They're like, always paired together. I've read both. Um, he reads bitches. I can read. Actually, they were both audiobooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but girl, he can hear. I can listen. He's got um, two ears, honey. I'm a great listener. Uh, Fight Club. Is usually paired with this book, and Brady Snellis and Chuck Palahniuk are compared frequently. Mm. 
Which is interesting because I feel like their A, their writing style is very different. Um, oh, sure. Oh, Chuck Palahniuk is way more... Um, it's weird to say he's vulgar and Brady Snellis isn't because his Brady Snellis wrote American Psycho, which, and I will talk about this more later, but the descriptions of the murders in American Psycho are hands down the most disturbing depictions of violence I've ever experienced. Jesus. More than any movie I've ever seen, any book I've ever read, anything I've seen on stage, it's horrifying. Jesus. I had to stop reading it sometimes, oh. which I don't do. I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm tough. Um, <laughs> I promise. I was I was almost nauseous at some points. Jesus, okay. Yeah. I am intrigued. But uh, later. Fight Club, I think, is more vulgar, weirdly. Sure. American Psycho is more horrifying, but they're both about the fragility of men. Right. And mm-hmm. conforming, and what is conformity, and what it is mm-hmm. to belong to a bigger part of a whole. All, all dudes, I think, just didn't get hugged enough, or were hugged by the wrong people. You know... And that's, uh, if you watch I Am a Killer, that's all I gather yeah. from that. These people needed hugs <laughs> and good meals. Oh. oh, okay. So the infamous physics card scene, and um, they're all just showing off. Uh, is, Patrick is the first one to show off what he's got, right? Right. So we're at work, and oh, also we meet Jared Leto for the first time, playing right. Paul Allen. Oh, he has the same fucking hair, same glasses, yes. same suit. And this is when he, we realize he uh, mistakes Patrick for Marcus... Haberstein? He has a complicated name. It starts with an H. It's there. It's long. It's got more than three syllables. And Paul Allen, A, has a the Fisher account, which is an account that Patrick would like to obtain. Mm -hmm. It is not important. It never comes up again. It's almost like a weird red herring for why you think somebody would kill in the first place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more about his status as a person, obviously. Mm. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. Um... Right, so Patrick shows off his business card to the group. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, very nice. Uh, um, okay. A nice I've off-white color? That's bone. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Which also, of course, Mitch. the murderer has a, the color white called bone for his card. Yeah, choices, right. people. And then somebody choices. else puts down their business card and it looks identical. But It's like, oh, no, but it's slightly... They're losing their mind white. over it's it. It's eggshell yeah. white. Uh, Ray's lettering. Yeah, they're all jerking uh, off. Eventually, they see Paul Allen's card, which is the Jared Little character, and it is so beautiful, according to Patrick Bateman, that he literally looks like he's having a fit. He's, like, sweating. <laughs> he's sweating. He's, like... He's trembling. Yeah. It's so fragile. Um, real quickly, I love that there was, like, this... Yeah. They literally used, um, to... The sound when they, like, opened up their, like, card cases, card they used yeah. a slow-down sound of a sword being unsheathed. It sounds like that. It does. It's just, <gasps> this, and then, like, <gasps> this, like, breathy sound when, like, the card comes out. Like, it's just so... It's played... Beautifully So satirical. dramatically. Yeah. It's so fucking right. Um, and that's kind of a, an insight to what I think makes this movie successful, is that it is a dark comedy. Yes. Very, very, very dark, them. but it is mm-hmm. a satire mm-hmm. of the times. Um, when they, the studio bought the rights to the book, they had a few uh, people write treatments and write their own versions of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And, um, Brett Easton Ellis, who wrote the novel, wrote one and his was rejected in favor of this screenplay. And I think the difference is the tone okay. is different than, than the novel. Mm-hmm. The novel is yeah. not funny. Sure. It is also hard to pin down because it's not told in order mm. and oh, oh, okay. it's very, um, Stream of consciousness, the way he talks about things. Um, there'll be entire chapters devoted to just discussing the, f- the discography of Whitney Houston. Jesus things like that. Christ. And um, 
Which she did not want her music in this movie, by the way. Well, when they play, when they talk about her, her later, it's not her version of the song. It's yeah. like a symphonic yeah. <laughs> orchestral version of Grizzle of Vol. I don't know what the fuck, where they really got that. <laughs> um, but the tone works so well because it just points to the ridiculousness of these people's lives. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, it's, they're all laughable. Truly. It's hilarious. The fact that this is upsetting enough for him that it leads to murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he murders that guy. He, he chops his head off. Ends up dead. Whether it happens or not, he either we're seeing his thoughts mm-hmm. still. It's still like cuckoo caca. Yeah, in his head, it is still justifiable reason to kill this man. <laughs> I should chop his fucking. You know head what? Off. He deserves to die. Um, Huey Lewis in the news. Right. So eventually, um, Patrick and Paul Jarletto go out to dinner, and he gets Paul Allen very drunk. Right. Marcus Halberstram. Halberstram. That's the name that he thinks Patrick is. Yeah, oh, exactly. another thing. In the restaurant when Jared Leto is drunk, he's talking shit about Patrick, thinking that oh, he's not talking right. to Patrick. Yeah, he's like, oh, Evelyn, she dates that lo- loser. loser, Patrick Bateman. Which, right? like, oh my God, it's so awkward. Like, that's crazy. That's, that's him. him. Oh my God, did you know? Jared? Jared, did you know that your baby is Patrick Bateman? <laughs> no. Um, he gets him back to his apartment. I love this scene. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, but, but before that, he does kill a homeless man uh-huh. in the street saying, well, first he's like, oh, you should get a job. And the guy's like, oh my God, thank you so much. But he touch- that's when he touches Patrick. Patrick's like, clearly don't touch me. And, and he's he- disgusted, as he says. Disgust <sighs> is one of his only emotions. He's, he's like, oh, I have nothing in common with you. So he just stabs him and then stomps on his dog. Yeah. I'm walking on sunshine. In so, the yeah. book, he stabs then, his uh, face until his eyeball falls out. <laughs> it's... Tasty. Awful. Uh, but that's when he has dinner and then um, uh, meets up with uh, Jared Leto at a Christmas party. And then he, they go to yes. Jared Leto's party. Um, and that's when Huey Lewis is played. So they go to um, their, uh, at, at Patrick's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, he has drunk Paul Allen there. He has <laughs> him man, sitting man. on a couch surrounded by newspaper tape to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, all the furniture, like all the nice pieces are out of the room. Yes. Patrick... <laughs> He puts on Huey Lewis in the news, and he starts monologuing Jesus. about how important, uh, how people miss the meaning of "hip to be a square." Their song, "Hip to be square." Hip to be square. Yeah, oh. not to be a square. It's I thought it was hip, hip to be. Oh, I don't know. It's hip to be a square. I think there's a Sesame Street parody called "It's Hip to Be a Square." Maybe that's, that's what so I'm thinking cute. of. <laughs> I hope so. We'll look that up. Look it up. So. um... He starts monologuing about hip to be square, right. talking about the pressures of conformity and um, how people don't listen to the lyrics when they really should, because it's also a comment on the band itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he's doing this, he's putting on a very fancy <sighs> vinyl see-through raincoat. Mm-hmm. And Paul Allen goes, is that a raincoat? And Patrick goes, it is! <laughs> so he's just so like manic and calm at the same time, and yeah. that makes it super, super unsettling. He also takes some sort of pill. <gasps> yes! So that could also allude to something that, like, maybe he could have some kind of personality disorder. I mean, I, agree, I think it was, you know, um, just from the point of view of the movie, some sort of elevator drug. It could be elevate, like elevate, not like elevator. You know, he, no, I know what you mean, but because I, I think <laughs> he takes them, he's like clutching them later, the same pills later when he's oh, like freaking out. When he's freaking out, he like downs them. Yeah, like puts a bunch of them up. Um, mm. I think they in the novel are. Oh, they say what it is in the novel. Yeah, what are like some really, really common drugs? I literally do not know. Xanax? Uh, That's all I know. 
And whenever okay. someone's like, I took three of these, I'm like, that don't, sounds you gonna, fun. Are you going to die? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Are you dying yeah. or are you having the do best you, day do ever? Do you have a hospital or are you having fun? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. He has some sort of drug. Um, but also he takes this pill and then looks in the mirror immediately before killing Paul Allen. Is he just mirror. smile or is he just like... He just looks himself. Hey. Mirror. Checks also, him. he picks up an axe and the actual axe is so shiny it's and chrome. reflective. <gasps> just like, uh, you know, Mulan sang about, you know? What if he's Mulan? What if he did that whole... <gasps> That'd be funny. Where, like, if someone did, like, a, wearing him wearing the white shirt and, like, wiping the blood off his face. Uh, oh. Mulan wiping the makeup off her face. And, like, reflection together. Oh, is that? Yeah. Anyway. And my... Someone, again, someone needs to animate this. I don't have the <laughs> skills. Or the uh, capabilities. Oh, yeah. I was going to say... First of all, there's a pig at some point. That's not important. Yeah. <laughs> because it's funny. So, like, <laughs> um, no, but I thought it was cool that after he... Um, he attacks um, Paul, Paul Allen. The music's on really loud, so it muffles the sound of uh, not Paul Allen screaming, but of um, Patrick Bateman yeah. grunting and screaming. Well, he um, yells, "Try getting into Dorcia now, you stupid son of a bitch!" <laughs> Which is like now the, the reason you're killing him is because of reservations. His status. It's hilarious and so horrifying. And then he just sits down. The music's still blasting. There's blood on only half of his face. So when Patrick sits down, the left side of his face is towards the camera, mm-hmm. and that's the clean side of his face, so it's like, as if, like, oh, half of him is like, I don't know, it's like, oh, this never happened. Right. From this view. We're seeing a, we're seeing a possibility of imagination. Yeah. That this happened. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we see that he's just in there smoking a cigarette with uh, his dead body. Yeah. Right there. Just chilling. A cigar. Cigar baby. Mm. He has a lot of cigarettes in the apartment, but cigars are okay. That's true, which is like, okay, Weird, because they smell worse. Um, we don't see him d- disposing of the body, but he then goes to Paul Allen's apartment. We see him dragging it across the lobby. Right, right, right. But yeah. we don't know what he does. Oh, right. He gra- he's dragging it in the this Gautier bag. Jean-Paul Gautier oh overnight bag. And, drags the body through right. the lobby, and there's a trail of blood, and the doorman does nothing. Does nothing. And then he sees Lewis, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And that's when Lewis is like, oh! <gasps> He goes, is that you? And he goes, no, it's not. <laughs> Ironic. I mean, I- iconic. Um, <laughs> he goes, oh, where did you get that overnight bag? Right. He looks in the, he looks in the trunk. <laughs> seemingly Bullshit. in horror about like, that's a body. And yeah, it's clearly it's a, a body. It's human shaped. And he gasps and goes, oh, where did you get that overnight bag? It's similar to when the other, the woman at the cleaner sees the blood stains and he goes, what? Is, she goes, what is that? And he says, cranberry juice. And she goes, I see. No, I feel like it's different though. I it feel like it that is woman... different, but it's the idea of people just like not seeing the things they don't want to see. Oh, I see. Whether it's they, she really has don't a more horrified, appropriate yeah. reaction, but she gotcha. still goes okay. She's like, anyway, you want to go out to dinner? Yeah, exactly. Instead of like, okay, bang, cute. This is uh, dragging the body across the floor with blood everywhere. It's mm-hmm. kind of beginning. It's it's putting in your head early this idea of almost like magical realism with how he gets away with. These murders, mm-hmm. which then is leads to the question of, did these actually happen? Yeah. Because he's able to bring this body across town right. to Paul Allen's apartment. Oh, later he says he dissolves the... Oh, it's dissolving in a bathtub in... In Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Fun. But Hor- like... Horrifying. But like, how the fuck... I mean, who knows? Get acid, baby. And even like later when he like ends up shooting multiple people in that office, like, hello? Oh, yeah. Jesus. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another like unrealistic thing is that... And also this ties into the theme of like conformity and anonymity and mixed identities. Mm-hmm. When he goes to Paul Allen's apartment, he sets up the idea that he's gone to London. So right. he takes some of his suitcases and suits with him and he changes his voicemail 
And the fact that he's able to <laughs> impersonate seemingly the voice of Paul Allen and nobody's like, that doesn't sound like him. Right? No one ever... It doesn't sound like But nobody t- can tell anybody apart in this world. Oh my god. Hey, I'm going to London. He goes, hasta la vista. <laughs> Just the OG fuckboy. I mean, not the OG He's like, what would an asshole say? Yeah, what would be the big Oh, it's so fucking funny. Oh, um, God. The next day at the office... Someone uh, even scarier shows up. <laughs> Aw, I love Willem Dafoe. He got very scary looking. He, he He's a scary looking guy. He's kind of spooky looking. But he's very talented. Yeah? So yeah. is Christian Bale. So, Willem, <laughs> mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, uh, playing a d- detective investigating the disappearance of Paul Allen, mm-hmm. comes to talk to Patrick. Yes. Um... And oh, may I? Uh, if I can interject so quickly, yep. with that, with these scenes with uh, Detective Donald Kimball, the director had uh, Willem Dafoe perform the takes differently. Where it was like, okay, do this take where you know Patrick did it. Okay, now do this take where you don't know Patrick mm-hmm. did it, and now do this take where you you don't know anything, like you aren't sure. And so the editor slash in, in, in editing, yeah. I should say, they just kind of use different. Uh, cuts from different takes. Cool. So you as the viewer aren't sure where he stands. That's cool. Which is effective because there are times where I'm like, oh, he's oh, he's, he's in trouble. And, and then I'm like, like oh, he's going to get away with it. No. He knows no. nothing. So, anyway. You know, nothing. Um, as he was saying, my dove. I just love that at one point, um, Willem Dafoe says, well, his voicemail says he was in London, but his girlfriend doesn't believe it that, you know, it was a sudden mm. trip. And Patrick says, but did, did he, you know, has anybody seen him there in London? Mm-hmm. And Willem Dafoe goes, actually, yes. Somebody had dinner with him twice last week. <laughs> Which is like... Again, they don't know. Either... I mean, it's it's twofold. Either it is setting up the mystery of did these actually happen, these mm-hmm. things? Is he really in London? And did Patrick just hallucinate slash fantasize about, I'm the one that sent him, quotation marks, to London because he's actually dead in Hell's Kitchen. Right. Or, again, are people so hard to distinguish... And remember in this world that right. somebody thinks they had fucking lunch with somebody that they didn't have lunch with. Right. It's it's great. And that's another reason why I like this movie. And although I don't... It's, I guess, talking about a horror. But I like the ambiguity in that you really... You just... You don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... It's fun. It's quirky. Even if you don't consider it a horror movie, it is a, a look into the mind of somebody who would... Who is horrific. Be in a horror movie. Yeah. This yeah. type of person. Yeah. Just because they're rich and don't live in a farmhouse with a chainsaw <laughs> means that they shouldn't be considered horrifying. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like, he's watching that too. He, yeah. yeah, later he does watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre while doing crunches. Yeah, like the which, last like, part which is smart. Yeah, <laughs> scary. I think he's also listening to a tape of him killing somebody because the scream is going on way longer and louder than the movie. And in, uh, the, in the book, he listens to recordings of himself <gasps> killing people just, oh as, just for fun. Yeah. That's... Kill him. Cute. So is this when he picks up his uh, our good friend? Yes, Christy. So mm, <sighs> her actual name isn't Christy. Yeah, I don't remember what it is, unfortunately. Yes. But he's basically like, "All right, your name's me, Christy. I'm gonna yes. pick up someone else." Christy's um, a sex worker working the street, mm-hmm, and yeah. he orders another sex worker from a service named. She has to be blonde. Sabrina, right? Christy is blonde. I can't stress that enough that she must be blonde. And then when she walks in, he's like. How blonde are you? He goes, not quite blonde, are you? No, you're not quite blonde. Or a dirty blonde. She's like... She just kind of keeps walking. She's like, I got... I'm going to get paid a lot of money. And that's when he talks about Genesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how uh, once they basically brought 
uh, what's his face uh, Phil Collins the forefront it's now better and I looked at what's on the Duke album I don't recognize any of those songs <laughs> um, it doesn't, it's I only know In the Air Tonight that's like the only song I know I don't even think it's on that one no I mean like in general from Genesis oh you never heard of uh... that's not how it goes but it kind of sounds like that it's the I mean, invisible touch and something I don't know the actual song the Cure's version was Is unbelievable Phil Collins here <laughs> Philip um, but I mean, anyway, take a look at me now. It's still the best song. Oh, that's a good song. That song makes me I like that song. Um, well, flip tables. Uh, okay, so which I thought was really interesting was like they basically he Christy he like had Christy bathe. He was like, please, he's like, mm. clean your vagina. Nope, it's got to be from behind. Thank you very much. He's like, cool, cool. Put on a robe. We're gonna do this. They're chilling in the living room, and then he just moves the the bedroom without saying anything, and they both are like, oh, I guess, oh, I guess. He, he kind of gestures like, with his fingers and they oh, kind of, the okay, girls kind of, the women kind of look at each other. And again, I think that's a, a touch that a male director wouldn't include was mm-hmm. the perspective of these sex workers who are like, Ugh. what do you think about this, honey? And yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah. Oh, also, when, but when he picks Christy up, mm-hmm. he's like, come with me. And she's, she keeps looking over her shoulder, presumably at somebody who she's working for. Oh, she's like, I can't. And she goes, I can't. I shouldn't be oh, coming with you. Yeah. Do you want to see my apartment? She's like, yes, I, I can't. I really shouldn't. Yeah. So the idea is that she'd be doing... She'd be bringing people to somewhere usually, right? Or Same just room. doing car work. Yeah. Um, but he has enough money, and there's a chauffeur, so it's safe? Question mark. Uh, Although money doesn't make you safer, obviously. Um, pro tip. Yep. Did you? Know? <laughs> uh, so she's already out of her league in terms of what she's used to. But yeah. this place is nice. There's champagne. He gives yeah. her a nice bath. Yeah, it's um, a huge bath, too. Also, I, I like that. He was like, put on a robe when you leave the bath, not the Bichon, and points to a specific robe. Oh and that's the one she comes out wearing. Yes! <laughs> She's like, I want it. See you bad, bitch. So, oh, yeah, and he's like, uh, Sabrina, stand in the corner and dance. I thought it was interesting. They take both felt uncomfortable. They felt like they had to change away from him. Like, Sabrina, when he's like, take your clothes off, she pays face to the corner. Like, I thought that was just like a sexy way to take your clothes off because it's like, ooh, zip down the back. She, I know nothing I about know. women. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess. When she was wearing those things on her legs, I was like, oh, that's comfortable. I mean, I guess, but it wasn't like in a way that where she was like, ooh, you like the view of my butt from there? It, like, you know it, what I mean? Like, it. it just seemed like when I was at like sleepovers and it was like, let's change in the corner, or like, you know, dressing yeah. rooms in high school where it's like, we're going to change in the corner and uh-huh. like, nobody look, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I uh, So that, that, I mean, that was the vibe I got. And then my favorite line is when he's like, look at so-and-so's asshole. He has Chrissy he bending goes, over on all fours. He goes, I, what does he say? Fuck, now I forgot. Um, he's like, I don't um, just stare at it. I want to get on all fours so that uh, Sabrina can see your asshole. And then um, Patrick is going on again about Genesis, just monologuing. <laughs> right. Which always goes, makes Sabrina, me don't just stare at it. Eat it. <laughs> Objectively funny. He also yeah, obje- objectively funny. He also has them wear specific things. He puts a nice scarf on Christine and has her wear like gloves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whereas yeah. Sabrina's wearing because she is ostensibly from a nicer um, like tier agency. of sex work. Right. Yeah. She works for like a phone agency as opposed mm-hmm. to walking the streets. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a nicer dress. She's more of a, a call girl, I would say, mm. is the term that might be used. Um, um, and then they just uh, have a grand old time. They have a lot of sex. They have sex. I don't quite understand no, how it's I happening. Don't <laughs> I was watching it and I'm like, right. I don't. Is there. He's, he's fucking. There could have been a strap on involved. We just didn't Chris see it. Chris D's in the middle. I think. Yeah, but she looks like she's in the middle. Sabrina's on all it. fours and they're seemingly all thrusting into each other, but I don't know what. Exactly. I agree. Unless he's like a very, very long. Let's let's unpack this. Unless he's a really mm. large, long penis and like she's able to kind of like sit on it while it's still going into what's your face. Callers? I don't know how anyone works. on the line want to <laughs> chime in? 
So penises. Um, <laughs> Go on. And then they're done. They wake. Oh. Oh well. First of all, while okay. he's fucking them, oh, he is not I looking can't at them. Even. A, he's recording. So there's creepy. There's already a performance level going on. Yeah, and he's like having he a video camera. <laughs> right. Look at the camera. Even their face. Even their he's hair. like directing it. He's yeah. directing his own porn. And he's looking in the mirror and like flexing his. Very impressive arms at yeah. himself. I'm like, I get it, but also like, holy shit! Like he's having sex yeah. and looking at himself while he does it. And he, he like at one point points to the mirror, like, "You got it, buddy." And like he doesn't even look convinced by it. Like you can see him like trying to struggle to like put his yeah. arm up. Like you can still see like this is still not enough. No, it's a performance to help his fucking fucked up psyche. But also again, mirrors, <gasps> mirrors, and like bless that actress for putting those lovely heels up. Oh <laughs> like, my god, she does doing the thing. Is that a thing wearing? High heels in bed. Yeah. That looks really uncomfortable. I'd be worried about like poking my eye. I mean, I I'd be concerned about poking the comforter, but I don't know. There's there's ways to do it. <laughs> or his dick. Um, or his dick. Well, I mean his boss. <laughs> some people are into that. Like whatever you like, but holy shit. Don't step on Cody's balls. No. Um, <laughs> you hear her. Please me. stop doing it. Oh, wait, can we just start back for a hot second in the previous scene? Uh, Patrick Wayman says he has a meeting with Cliff Huxtable. Yes, when he's meeting with, with um, Willem Dafoe. He says, that. I have a meeting much. with Cliff Huxtable. We're meeting at the Four Seasons. Oh, isn't that a little far? Isn't, there, isn't that a little far from here? You're going to be late. And he goes, no, they have one up here too. All this is a lie. A also later he says to Willem Dafoe, last night, oh, we did, I saw Paul right. Allen at, we went to a new British musical called Oh Africa, Brave <laughs> Africa. It was La- a laugh riot. That musical is not real. Doesn't it does not exist. exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Also, like, what could have possibly been so oh, funny about it? Brave Africa. So fucking funny. Um, so yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, and then, okay, so I remember the scene ending with them, like, kind to them and sleep in bed and, like, Christy moves and he goes, don't, don't touch the watch. Yes. And then, like, he pays them and they leave. But I'm seeing that he, like, something else happened. Yeah, no, I you don't remember this part? Yeah. No, this I guess where, I missed it. Um, they, uh, he gets up and opens a drawer and it's full of, like, knives and stuff and scary things. Whoa, and I guess he, I, like, blinked or, like, walked away for a second. Your brain just went... No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, well, because he takes out a coat hanger and goes, we're not done yet. Right, okay. And then cuts to them leaving and Sabrina is, right. like, sniffling. She has a bloody nose <gasps> and she You're takes right. the money. And Christy, like charges out, grabs the money, and leaves. Like, I completely must have just, like... Yeah, I guess I was like, no, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. They're not fine. Oh, I hate that so much. Um, Ooh, it is, oh, the wire hanger yeah, freaks I, me like, out. What are you doing with wire hanger? Like, he was like, I'm going to teach y'all how to sew up some cozies. And we all know how hangers. wire hangers suck, but here's a way to use them to your benefit. Stop. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway. Cute. So, uh, oh, next day... Want to anything else? Nope. Uh, the next day he goes to uh, lunch mm-hmm. or some sort of hangout with some acquaintances. <laughs> and Louis Carruthers is there, who's right. the um, fiancé of Courtney, the girl right. he's fucking. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's, he's like, oh, I got a business card too, guys. I can play along. Oh, my God. He's a, he's a, he's a soft boy. Oh, my God. Um, and the business card is so beautiful that, again, Patrick Bateman almost passes out. This one's like gold embossed. And, like, I think that this text is in, like, a yes, dark blue. it is. Instead yeah, of black. green or something. Yeah. Um, is this when... Oh, and this is when Lewis goes to the bathroom. Yes. And Patrick follows him. And Patrick has fancy little leather leather, gro- leather gloves on and puts his hands around his neck. And Lewis is like, oh, my God. He, like, he kisses his wrist. <laughs> right. salty little Patrick man. Patrick is clearly about to kill Lewis, but Lewis thinks he's coming on to him. Again, because he's so attractive. 
There's no way he's murdering me in this bathroom. No. I mean, also, like, God bless for thinking... too attractive to be dangerous. Also, I would have the very opposite effect. I feel like you're way too attractive. You Something's wrong. Must be yeah. <laughs> Something must be wrong. You must be trying to murder me. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, oh, yeah, and he's like, I've always wanted to make out with you, too. Right, ever <laughs> since you were wearing that red paisley tie at the Christmas party. Oh, my God. And he starts to leave, and he goes, um, where are you going? And Patrick goes, I have to return some videotapes. Yes! That's always his go-to. He's iconic. This is the first time you hear it. That. And then oh, he starts right. using it later. It's yeah. like, a, again, a very specific... Before VHS was like completely prolific in, in every household, it was right. maybe a little bit elitist. Oh, to yeah. it, oh, he has a VCR. I think yeah. this is when v, 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 VCRs were beginning to become more popular. Yeah. Um, but still probably a little pricey. Exactly. I got that. I like got a you. Blu-ray player when it was first coming out. Yeah, I still don't get what that is. <laughs> what is it? Who? Um, oh, oh, this is just a little thing. They were yeah, having yeah. a conversation with his friend, Patrick Bateman, before um, Lewis comes in. And uh, he's talking about Ed Gein. Oh, because they're talking yes. about women. So basically, they're like, they laugh about the idea of women having personalities, right. which is my favorite. They measure a woman's worth a woman's worth in relation to themselves as men because they say a woman is either attractive mm-hmm. and has no other discernible personality traits. Right. Because she doesn't have to, because mm-hmm. her entire life is about servicing men, of course. Yeah, because she's cute. She's and hot. if a woman is um, funny or charming or talented, whatever making, that means, right? They're making <laughs> up for the visual "quote unquote" flaws, right? That they have in relation to men. So it's all circling around men. Yeah, today. yeah. Well, I mean, that's how it should be, right? Right. Obviously, the gaze. Well, that's just the way it works. The gaze is very important. That's just the natural order. But um. <laughs> again, like it's so, so like, ugh. And it's just because it has that lovely feminine touch of a feminine director, a feminine mm-hmm. writer, just saying. It's very much like, it's very like the women who made this are like, we know you talk like this, guys. Oh yeah, we know. We heard you. I heard you. I'm listening. She's like screaming at um, them on the street. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Patrick Bateman brings up Ed Gein. Right. And oh. one of his friends goes, Ed Gein, who's that? The maitre d' at Canal Bar? <laughs> <laughs> Which iconic again just shows how out of touch they are with what's going on. A game was yeah. huge. Like he would have, you would have yeah. known who he was if you were at a, if you had your head out of your ass. You will, and you know. And like, well, Ed Gein uh, said, you know, when he would see a girl, one half of his brain would think, "Wow, she, you know, she's really beautiful. I'd love to take her out and ha- talk with her." And then, <laughs> well, what did Ed say? What and whatever he refers yeah. to him as Ed, and uh, Ed. Ref- says, but the other part of me wants to know what her head looks like on a stick. And Patrick Bateman just laughs and laughs his little titties off. And his friends are not there for it. Which again is like, you know, could he just be thinking these thoughts or like, yeah, like he could have said that regardless. Like he probably did say he's already thinking it. Yeah. So it's like, did he say it because he's following Ed Gein's like practices or because, you know, he just, um, you know, he's not killing anybody. He's just into serial killers because he's a weirdo. We have um, a little scene here where uh, Courtney and Patrick are having sex, and afterwards we see him like slowly getting dressed and looking in the mirror. And he's oh, like, "Oh, right, right." He the second they finish, he gets up and starts to get dressed and looks in the mirror, and he doesn't stop looking in the mirror the entire time. So like he's always reflecting on himself or viewing his life not through the actual like he's not looking at the actual thing; he's looking at a reflection of it. Yeah. And it's the one moment of, like, possible connection he has with a person in the movie because mm-hmm. Courtney's like, oh, if I don't see you by Easter, just, like, have a happy Easter. <laughs> was she going to kill herself? 
She just seemed very like down. No, I don't. She's think like, so. well, if I don't see you, bye, sir. Have a good one. I think she just was trying to have a connection because she doesn't have an actual genuine connection with Lewis. So she's well, like, sure, well, this yeah. guy who's fucking me clearly finds me attractive, and um, maybe I can make something happen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he takes me out to nice dinners. So they go to a club. Um, there's a brief conversation at the club um, with the character played by Justin Theroux. <gasps> oh my god, this fucking scene of things he says. Yeah. Oh my god. And there's down. two women there, two young women, and they're talking loudly because it's a club, and they're talking about the the, the world of mergers and acquisitions. Oh my god, so and the one of the models turns to Patrick Bateman mm-hmm. and says, "So what are you into?" And he goes, "I'm mostly into models or uh, murders, <laughs> murders and executions." And she goes, "Well, do you like it?" And he goes, what? And she says, well, most guys I know who are in mergers and acquisitions are really bored by it. So, so funny. either she re- truly didn't hear him because it's a club, or mm-hmm. she slightly heard what she, him. And again, ignoring the possibility of there being evil yep. in the world, especially in their world. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't say murders. He said mergers. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he didn't. Maybe he did say murders. He just thought wanted to say murders. That too. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Um. Yeah, that was really fun. But yeah, earlier in that scene, or later when they're waiting in the, for the bathroom, Justin Thoreau is like, you can hear in like the background noise. He's basically saying like, well, now that we know that AIDS is uh, mm-hmm. submitted via, you know, by having sex, like who else? Who knows what else it could be? Alzheimer's yeah. or or dyslexia. He's, he's <laughs> and he's like, you. Like, that's not how that's that not works. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um, oh yeah, they do coke in the bathroom, and I yeah, love that this bathroom, this co-ed bathroom party. Everybody's doing coke. Everyone, it's everybody's. Not... It's there's no. It's and Zach was even. We also with Zach, and he even said something like, "Why even bother going to the bathroom?" Yeah, seriously. but like I think it's like a ritual a thing, yeah. and also being able to say, "I'm just. I'll, we're gonna go to the bathroom. We'll be right back." Oh my god, we're gonna. I, once, to coke, I had yeah. a professor once who told me that like for a time period in New York. With a certain group of people, if you said you were going to the bathroom, that meant you were going to do coke. Yeah. Here's, do well, he, he takes them he, He's talking to the model afterwards in the street, and then it cuts to the next day. Right. And she, he's in his office doing the crossword and kind of like playing like, with a lock of hair that clearly came from her, <sighs> rubbing against his face. And he's also doing a crossword puzzle. Bone! And yeah, he's not doing the actual puzzle. You just see him writing bone and meat over and over again. Bonest was one I saw. It's <laughs> not even a word. Like, he's just trying to work. It's not even a word, you idiot. Um, and you see it reflected in his sunglasses. Right, which he's wearing sunglasses inside. Reflection. Killer. Yeah. Well, Serial again, killer. status symbol. Ray-Bans yeah. are expensive. Is that what he's wearing? 80s. Ray-Bans? Yeah. What an asshole. It's inside. Like oh, no, they're cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's an ass. Oh, of course. Not the not the Ray Bands. Here's where he asks his um, secretary, played by Jean. Chloe Sevigne. Yeah. Sevigne. Sevigne. Yeah. Uh, Her name is Jean. Um, he asks her out to dinner, and eventually we see them back at his place. Mm-hmm. And um, we also sorry to cut yeah. off there because earlier in the movie she's uh, clearly complimenting his looks, and he's like, "You look like shit. Maybe she wear heels next time." He says, "Don't, don't ever wear, wear that, that outfit again." <laughs> You don't um, like it? You're too pretty for that, and you know it. Also, wear some heels. I like high heels. It's just, I would cut Jesus his dick off. Uh, so finally, he's like, you want to go out to dinner, and she seems really on board for it. Oh, and then he calls for the reservation, and she's like, we can go to that place. Um, Dorcia? Dorcia, and he's yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> great. And he calls, and he asks for a reservation around nine, and they're like, no, we can't do that. And he goes, great! And they go, no, 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 no we, we just... We are completely booked. <laughs> great, sounds good. Hangs up the phone. And I love that Chloe's like, you never said, you never said your name. You didn't give him the name. <laughs> so already it's like, he may murder you tonight, bitch. I don't know. 
So they go to um, his apartment and they're having, she's having a nice conversation about like her desires and what she wants in the world and how she admires yeah. Patrick and mm-hmm. um, he meanwhile is getting a nail gun. <laughs> well, first he grabs the tape and she goes, what's that for? And he goes, taping. Or taping something. Also he opens the freezer to get a sor- sorbet <laughs> for her and there's just a head in the freezer. No. And I'm assuming that's the model's head. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I know. I, he, later he makes mention of all the people that he's killed, and we don't yeah. even see half of the people that he's potentially killed. Which is also so cool, because you're like, oh. There's a whole world of dead bodies out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true for a lot of serial killers. They only find, like, half the bodies for, like, the big ones, and oh, yeah. they'll confess to, like... Just those, maybe. Yeah. If even that. Hundreds more, though. I noticed two things here. One, the cabinets in the kitchen are all reflective surfaces. Oh, okay. And also... When he approaches Chloe, a Jean, from behind with the nail gun, and he's standing behind her while she's talking, and she doesn't notice him holding a nail gun to her head, there's a big painting behind him, or a photograph, some, some sort of art, and it's a woman looking at her own reflection. Whoa! I didn't mm-hmm. catch that. Cool. Yeah. Get a bitch. So, like, the, not, all this to say none of this is accidental. Yeah. They clearly are playing with the idea of looking at your true self and having a fake self out there. Yeah. Reflecting on yourself. I tear it. Mm-hmm. Like um, Jean gets out unharmed. Yeah. He even says, if you don't leave right now, I'm afraid I'll do something bad. Oh, right. Which she interprets mm-hmm. as like, we're going to have sex and right. I mean, cheat on Evelyn because Evelyn calls and leaves a voicemail. Being like, I hope you're not, mm-hmm. you know, putting your penis anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, I hope you didn't find another piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. And, uh, yeah. And like, he's like, I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't think you should say, I think you'll really get hurt. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to get bruised. Like, go, no, get out. Literally, you will get hurt. Get out I'm, of there. I'm not quite sure if it's. Uh, that he's having a genuine moment of connection. Mm. I think it's possibly and cynically more likely that he's like, if I kill my fucking secretary, somebody will notice. Yeah, that's the, legit. The trail though. of bodies. Yeah. Oh, basically, uh, he meets the detective again, and yes. he's like, "You're. I don't think you're, you're like." Basically, he learns he's not under suspicion, so he feels like he's doing okay for right now. Mm. Um, right. And he's like, yeah, what Paul, like, and he's trying to verify the alibis, yada, yada, yada. He basically, basically, he's telling him that Paul Allen, it probably just flew the coop like yeah. just skip town even though Patrick Bateman's story does not make sense and clearly doesn't add up and, and like, he keeps questioning like it. wait I was told that you were at this place with this person oh yeah. sorry I meant this person but again all this um, lack of individuality and people confusing each other all the time yeah helps it be a believable alibi that oh I'm sorry I had the wrong day I thought it was this and then I saw this with him yeah. I had the wrong person, sorry. We were gonna grab dinner, and then we didn't. Plus, if they're grabbing dinner out at a different restaurant every night and meeting new people, it's like, it's a carousel of faces. Oh my god, I'm just so popular, um, you know? I, I also that. like that, um, and also, the Paul Allen murder in the movie is seemingly the main drive of the plot, mm-hmm. in that there's not much plot of the movie, it's okay. kind of just like a, a slice of life. Slice? <laughs> Do you get it? With a knife! With a knife! Um... In the book, it's very quick. They don't really deal with the investigation of Paul Allen. But oh, there's okay. not, not much plot in the book. Gotcha. Um, but I find it interesting that the only murder that Patrick commits in the movie that's being investigated is the murder of the rich man. Well, yeah, because sex workers, those murders don't get investigated. No, it's just part especially, of the job, baby. Especially not 1987, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, but that's very legitimate. That's a very legitimate thing to notice because that is very true. And uh, how mm-hmm. they deal with cases. I think the them including so many scenes of the investigation and Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. um, kind of just highlights that. That even though yeah, there's no right. evidence of anything bad happening, he truly probably just skipped town. His girlfriend was like, please investigate this. And they were like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. okay. 
the like, you know, sex workers go up missing and mm-hmm. no one cares. Uh, here's where he picks up Christy again. Right. And she's, and she's really, really, hesitant. really hesitant. Yeah. He's like, you hurt me. Right. She said, I had to go to the emergency room. I'm thinking about getting a lawyer, but he literally is, he writes her a check and then he waves money at her like a fucking dog. <gasps> she gets out, her. which frustrates me. And I she's like, the car but she goes back in. Yeah. She gets out of the car and we walk, like the cameraman is essentially walking backwards following Christy while yeah. the, the car pulls up next to her yeah, and he's waving money at her and whistling at her. And it. you see on her face the like, the thoughts of, I really can't, I don't want to get hurt again. That is a lot of money though and I really need money. Yeah. Maybe just one night and I can slip out what she tries to do later. And again, the perspective, so much. including the perspective of the sex workers is not in the book. Yeah. I love that inclusion. It shows the, the struggle between, you know, having to decide between safety and eating the next day. Yeah, and, like, I'm sure that's just, like, oh, you probably paid so much fucking money. Plus the check for her being in pain. But then it didn't even matter you know? because, like... No, I know, he, but, like, yeah. in that moment... I mean, he knew like, that. That's why he was able to write yeah. a check and make money in her face because yeah, he knew course. she was going to die tonight. Uh... Yep. Um, so much. Basically, um... He's with his friend. We mentioned um, the character uh, played by Guinevere Turner, who's the yes. writer. And they're then, in like, Paul Allen's apartment. And like he, yeah, the Paul Allen's apartment. They clearly he sneaks uh, pale uh, dr- drugs into both of their drinks. I think yes. both the girls' drinks. So by the end of the night, they're getting all over each other. He's right. talking about something. Oh, about Whitney Houston, uh, which is just oh, so awkward. And then uh, comes well, them when he's talking about Whitney Houston, he's talking about Grace Love of All, and it's it's. I mean, he describes it as a song about. Being able to, if nothing else, believe and trust in yourself, mm. which is Interesting. taken to the extreme, very narcissistic. Yeah. And it's like, clearly he would interpret the song, whether that's the actual artist in, uh, uh, interpretation or not. That's amazing. It's a very self-centered interpretation of how like, well, you got to look out for yourself because there's nobody else out there for you. Does that song start with Nobody like, else matters. Does that song start with like, <laughs> women are children are future? future. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're right. Like his point of view on mm-hmm. it is uh, so very askew and speaks a lot about his psyche. It's just also really interesting that he has this connection with music that he does not have with people. Yeah. Like he speaks so eloquently about all these themes in the music, but like, yeah. that's it. Can't really talk about much else. It's though. like the abstract idea of emotions without actually feeling the emotions. Yeah. Which is what he is, is similar to what he says in the opening when he says there's an idea of Patrick Bateman, an abstraction, but it's not real. Yeah. It's spoopy stuff. They all have sex, uh, the two women and Patrick, and um, Christy goes to slip out. Yeah. She's like, I'm safe for now. I might as well yeah. just cut my and he's working on uh, he's working on the other girl. Right. He's. Do you want to describe well, he's, he's, part? Well, he's, he's going to town. He's eating her out. Uh, and so Chrissy sneaks out and she's grabbing her stuff and she looks over and she, at the sheets and she sees there's blood and then you hear the woman screaming and I guess he's just biting her fucking pussy off like it freaks me out because I, I don't, don't even know. have a vagina and that hurts me it just like <laughs> like and because we don't see it it, it, it builds right, that fear he comes up he gets out of the bed and his face is like covered in his blood. mouth especially is like covered in blood oh, oh I hate it so much I hate it so much I hate it so disgusting. much disgusting uh, and then he's like mm, 
when are you, where are you going? And then um, he starts chasing her, and she starts finding bodies everywhere. And yeah, the heads. heads uh, the, the two women in the closet. The trying one to get in the, the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, the one in the bathroom. So it's not even the other. I thought it was the other woman, but yeah, that's a whole other person. And he's using this as like a murder den. Like he's just throwing bodies around. Well, I think he's in the bathroom with her, right? With the other. She body. opens the bathroom and she sees a body there, and she falls down, and she like starts to almost throw up, and then he comes in and starts biting her leg. <gasps> right. Oh. And he God, kicks her. And he, she kicks him in the face, and he starts going, "That's my fucking face." Yeah, not the face. And then he, she runs out of the apartment. And he's chasing her, buck naked, covered in blood, chainsaw in hand. But he's still wearing very fresh, very Sneakers. clean New Balances, which makes it all the more scary. It's scarier. so funny. But it's so also specific. like a moment of comedy of like, right. I just need shoes. Yeah. You know, know. He's, he's, he can't go out barefoot. Well, he's so he's already so impressed with his own body that he doesn't care if people see him or not. But his shoes, he, you, know, never, you can always show off some, some wealth. So much. Um, but he chases her. She uh-huh. she the, uh, She's banging on doors. She no, he's helping her. She goes through a stairwell and he follows her and he tracks where she's going so he can drop the chainsaw where she, you know at the precise moment and it hits her right in the back yeah. it's so and then it cuts to I'm just drawing it yeah. on the restaurant table with, with Evelyn right there with um, crayons just like my brother would do and this uh, this chainsaw is like almost unrealistically magical and again it's like a oh, wait a directly minute directly into How the back that? well that yeah. that and that he was able to calculate exactly where she's going to be and how yeah. He's going to drop it, which either shows he's an expert at this, right. he knows how much chainsaws weigh, mm. and when to drop it, yeah. or this is not actually happening. Right, because it also flipped, which, like, goes, I <laughs> wouldn't have assumed. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's just a wacky, crazy ride, really. Mm-hmm. We got a quick scene where he breaks up with Evelyn at dinner. Right, she's crying in the restaurant, mm-hmm. and he Whatever. doesn't, you know, he gets out. Um, this is where he says, you can, she goes... Well, we have the same friends, you and I. I don't think it would work out. And he goes, Evelyn, I've thought about that. And I realized, you can have the friends. I don't I want them. them. I don't Please. want them. I don't want them. Please. Take them away. Uh, here's where he goes on sort of a rampage. Right. ATM. Yes. Feed me a stray cat. Yes. He, okay. he goes to the ATM and uh, there's a little kitten below him and he picks it up. And then <sighs> he sees that the ATM says, feed me a stray cat. And he kind of goes... Okay, and he starts like putting it up to the like cat withdrawal and then place. And puts a gun on it, yeah. like on its head, as if the gun is gonna, as if the cat understands the logic of exactly. like. And then a woman tries to stop him. He yeah, shoots the woman. Yes. Well, don't put a cat in there. That's for cash only. He gets chased down by police. Yeah, it happens so fast, and it's again it's so funny, really unrealistic, and yeah. almost comical. He shoots at two policemen and yes. shoots at their cars and he has just a pistol and it blows <laughs> the cars up and he even so pointedly rich. looks at the gun like what, what? the fuck yeah. did I do that he runs into a building um, and the um, doorman goes burning the midnight oil Mr. Smith that's not you bitch I'm well you. first he goes to the wrong building uh, first and she shoots that's, a, that's, that's the one no no first he, he goes in he shoots a dude in the head mm-hmm. then he Realizes it's the wrong building, so he goes around, he goes through the revolving door, mm. kills the janitor, yeah. then goes into the other building. And Which that's looks exactly where... the same. Exactly. The building is the exactly. exact same building. And again, they're mistaking them for the same person. Mm-hmm. Like, he was recognized as Mr. Smith. Who the yeah. fuck is that? So, he's up in... He's up in his possibly office. his office. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I assumed it was, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, if anyone's taking notes, fuck you. Let me know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and he calls his lawyer and starts... Acting, honey. He's real good in this yeah. scene. I mean, he's good in all, the whole movie, but this is like, oh, shit. This is like some real shit. Just breaking down. Yeah. Breaking it all down. He just starts confessing to all his murders like and cannibalism and... I hate the brains. Yeah. I hate the brains. 
It's so it's so well done though because he, he's realizing like ugh, like there's just um he just looks kind of lost yeah and just it's frantic it's a breakdown yeah it's a complete breakdown it's really really interesting and then it just cuts to him the next morning um, showering don't know mm-hmm. like what happened from point A to point B and he goes to uh, Alan's apartment yes. face mask on ready to have it he's ready for like just like death tons of bodies and uh, no. Just paint equipment. Someone's showing off the apartment. It's a, it's a part. The apartment's being sold. Yeah, and she's like, "The fuck you want?" Yeah, she goes. She he opens the closet where previously bodies were hanging, and it's full of paint equipment. Yeah, which again, either none of this happened, right? Or the realtor lady clean it up, get it out of here. Okay, but um, but money's more important, right? They're already dead. I need to sell this apartment, and we'll deal with it when we deal with it. Yeah, not. Worry about the fact that this murderer might return to kill whoever's living in this apartment next. Right, because she was kind of hostile. Like she was like, she was aggressive. Get the fuck out. She clearly knows what's going on. Yeah. She um, or she's just like, or she just, you know, Cindy is. She don't fuck around with her sales. Right. He she goes. Oh, are you here because of the listing in the New York Times? And he goes, "Uh, yes, yes. And she goes, there was no listing in the New York Times. I think you need to leave right now. Yes. Honestly, pretty iconic though. Yeah. This is when he goes to lunch, and at the same time, uh, he oh he calls Gene from the phone booth, and he's like hysterical. He's like, I can't. I won't uh, make can't it come in today. Which <laughs> like, she, he's calling hysterical, and she's still like, Hey, you have a lunch meeting. This. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, Don't forget, you have to talk to whatever about cocktail. Yeah, literally cocktails. on the phone. Uh, but that's when she goes finds all these t- really cute doodles in his journal. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's not cute. I shouldn't joke about it. Yeah. It's, Rape, it's um, sodomizing women with guns, like. Yeah, there's scribbles in his planners of just either the things that he did to women or Mm. the things that he imagines and fantasizes about wanting to do. It's a dream journal. Because I think finding, I think this journal, regardless of what else in the movie happened or didn't happen, this journal exists. Yeah. And she's getting a peek into his psyche. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if anything, that is very real because she's seeing it. And so we as a viewer have to believe that that's like, this is mm-hmm. the truth of the reality and like, uh, very unsettling. Also just shows how confident he is about getting away with it because he leaves it in his fucking desk at yeah. work. And his planner. Like, yeah. just, I don't know. There's no, one of those locks where it's like, you had to like say the password into it. Right. He doesn't have to say like, um. Boys suck. <laughs> but yeah, like, you have like over enunciate it because really yeah. anyone could have used it. That's no? funny. I, I love those. So he, um, goes to some sort of lunch with, his asshole friends yeah, again. Boys, yeah. And he runs into his lawyer there, the mm-hmm. person that he called the night before. And he's like, the lawyer does not recognize him. Right, he's calling him Davis. Hilarious. And he goes, Patrick says, did you get my message? And um, the lawyer says, oh, Davis, that was hilarious. Patrick Bateman getting away with all this? I think he calls him a dork. Like, Yeah, again, which uh, again also proves like how shitty his personality, like his... Um, his ego is and like how shitty his self-esteem is like everyone else is always calling him like losers and like dorks like but I think it's kind of also to imply that none of these people like each other oh, they're all too. talking behind yeah. each other's back all yeah. the time you're right basically the lawyer doesn't recognize him and mm-hmm. doesn't believe that he, he thinks this whole the message that he left the confession was all a joke and even right. when Patrick is like begging him to believe him mm-hmm. he just says I need to leave right now he's like no I saw Paul Allen in London yes. 10 days ago. He says, that's impossible. I had dinner with Paul Allen 10 days ago in London. Which, yeah. Which again, did you or know. did you not? Either way, like it's... Anyway, I don't the like it, not great. Um, He sits down and they're watching Reagan do a press conference about Iran-Contra mm. on the TV. And um, one of the friends says, 
it's so interesting. He presents himself about Reagan. He presents himself as this um, nice old cod, but on the inside, and Patrick, like, voiceover cuts him off oh, uh-huh. and says, but inside doesn't matter. Right. Basically saying, Basically not only do people's personalities and stuff not matter to him, mm-hmm. it's all about their disposability and their physical parts. <laughs> what? You're doing you know what I mean? I'm here for it. Um, but also, if he didn't commit these murders, no matter how disgusting and twisted his mind is, mm-hmm. he can never be implicated for it. Yeah. What is he saying? He's like, I, yeah, because in the ending, I'm unsure how to take it. Because he, he says he realizes that he will continue to escape punishment mm-hmm. that he deserves. Uh, there's been no catharsis, like you're saying. The, this confession has meant nothing. Right, that's what he says. So, like, it's it's still, it still could go so many ways. I think it's either, either it's a cry for help that is not being answered for right. his very, very, very unstable mental health. Right. Which, or yeah. because of his power and his influence and his fake personality, his reflection, the thing that other people are seeing, like we see in the mirrors throughout the whole movie, nobody would ever assume he's a murderer. Right. He'll be able to do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. And because no one gives a shit about each other, no one cares in this society, like, Evelyn didn't give a shit, like, there were clear warning signs that this person clearly is unstable, whether it's, you know, you know, it's minimal and like something like, you know, Mm. like, no one was ever stepping in and helping each other out because they're all fake, big fake phonies. And um, I, I think the, like, possible... The possibility of these murders not happening and them just being, like, bloodless fantasies Mm. is almost a reflection and, like, a hypothesis of the possible, you know, inevitable end to pure capitalism, which is all about, like, dog-eat-dog mentality mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to be doing the hardest you can to beat competition Mm -hmm. and, um... This is, you know, at the center of Reaganomics and yeah. 80s consumerism is you got to be the best. If you're not the best, <laughs> you're the worst. And somebody else is always the worst. And they're always being stepped on. Wow. So who would you say uh, in politics? Uh, <laughs> this reminds you of. And who's like, they're like. Leg in the air. <laughs> they literally are also like, Donald Trump is over there. Yeah. And they see Ivana Trump at one point. Yeah. And well, no, he's, he they're thinks, like, yeah. they wouldn't, you know. Um, yeah, it was a very Trump. This is all the Trumps are, well, do, really. It's this mindset. I mean, it's. A man who ran successfully for president bolstered nothing else by his wealth. Right. Because if the things he was saying on the campaign trail were said by your poor drunk uncle, you would write it off as Mm -hmm. because he's, you know, a nightmare person and does not deserve (laughs) power. But because he's rich and he, you know, supposedly on his own, even though it was, was not on his own, succeeded in America. Right. You can too. And you should trust him. And he is looking out for you. Yeah, kill me now. Much like how um, Patrick Beeman is able to get away with whatever he wants because he is rich and powerful and white and lives in New York City. He's a male. Yeah. It's great. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm here for all of it. As a drawer. Uh, one time, at one point we see his like knives in a drawer and they're just like single placed like very intricately. Like there's no holder. Mm-hmm. They're just like placed in the drawer. He also has and like a cool knife. He has a cool knife block that's like a oh, pyramid. Yeah. And, and it's like, like they're laying on their sides. Magnetic. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, I don't know if this matter, but he was so anal about how, getting a blonde before, and like Chloe Sevigny was a blonde, and she was kind of like the last attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, before her, though, the last girl that he had with Christy was a redhead, and he killed that bitch pretty quickly. So it's just like, I don't know if he what had like, some. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I don't know yeah. if he had some kind of like. Yeah. If it was just beyond like, well, blondes are the arm candy, you know. Blondes are, I mean, depicted in American society as like the ideal. Yeah. Traditionally. Right. So White, 
blocked. Yeah, so when I open my mouth, people are like, oh, what? <laughs> they look at me and they're like, okay, interesting. And then I start talking and they're like, oh my uh, God. stop talking. I don't condone this. Oh, he's like blatantly talking about he has like a homicidal needs that need to be met and like people just don't listen to him. Like, right, yeah, or they think he's status. talking in metaphor or they pretend yeah. not to hear him. He's like, yeah. no, like I'm literally, stop it. Oh, no, the last time he doesn't kill the guy because he goes, bring the midnight oil, Mr. Smith, and he reaches into his coat, and we as a viewer think he's going to reach the gun out, but really he reaches out a pen and signs oh, his name. I thought it was the guy that he kills that says that. But With one of the people, it happens that yeah, he does the fake doesn't out. doesn't matter. And I the, think the, again, hilarious. much like the movie, we cancel them apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Oh, when he mentions in the confessions, he's like, I murdered Bethany with a nail gun. Um, isn't that like a book reference? Yes. Uh, he... Yeah, that's his ex-girlfriend from college that he runs into, and then he um, abducts Jeez. and uh, nails down and sprays mace in her face, and oh God, I think he slices off her eyelids. <gasps> like, ah! Oh, I hate that! Oh, God! Horrifying. It's, oh! There's, there's so much. That's not even the worst, Kira. The no, book is so specific! There's The book is grisly with its details. Oh. Like, things I didn't even think that people were capable of thinking are in this book. It's, and, like, it's just, like, that's great that you're writing this, but, like, you thought that up and wrote it down, bro. I mean, the idea of the book is, like, eventually the, the the descriptions of murders are kind of treated with the same banality as every character in the book. He's always describing what they're wearing. Oh, okay. Interesting. And it's the same, like, stream of consciousness. Like, well, then I... I know, yeah, but, like, well, he had a right... Well, then I held a lighter under her eye until it exploded. Like, things like that. Just, like, <laughs> casually as... Casually as, like, well, she was wearing a John Mulco TA tie. Right. And, um... Gucci. Coco Chanel boots, yeah, whatever. We know fashion. The Chanel boots. Uh, this was originally going to be, they thought of maybe having Johnny Depp or like Ian McGregor, which like would have made my, mm, you know. I think I really, different I really do think Christian Bale is perfect perfect for this movie. And they thought this was like going to be career suicide, but oh, contrary, bitch. I mean, he's, I mean, he's whatever, but he do, did do a really, really cool performance in this movie. And like, I think he's phenomenal in this movie. And it's just like top notch. Like, and it's, it's horrifying. It's also, it's believable. Uh, so challenge, such a challenging performance, I think, because it'd be so easy to stray into the realm of unbelievability. Right. And he toes that line and even crosses it at some points. Mm -hmm. And even just his, like af his affected speech, because he doesn't talk like that in real life. He's British. Right. It's like such Which a choice. <laughs> exactly. It's such a strong choice. Yeah, because I wondered, like, because, like, obviously his American accent's really good. He literally, like, the entire crew thought it was real. But, um... He never gets played British. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, I wonder if, too, that adds an element to it of, like, because the actor is generally having to fake an accent, quote-unquote. Like, it adds already this level of, like... Yeah. Hmm. Something seems off. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that's American Psycho. God. It's so good. Talking about it more, it's I'm so like, good. this is pretty great. It's just so well, like... Done and executed, and it just—it's still relevant. I mean, it's a—it's an American parable. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the reason it's called American Psycho. Yeah, it's like, not just—it's a specific time capsule of a time, and also yeah. a warning of the dangers of you know conformity through materialism. Yeah, and kind of completely buying into capitalism. Yeah, it's bullshit. Honestly, <laughs> it's bullshit. You hear it here first, kids. <laughs> I'm over it. Um, no, but I think this movie's really great. It's yeah. really effective. Like, I was nervous to watch it because I knew I would get a little spooped out. You know? I would say read the book if you think you can handle that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm I'm pretty tough. I can watch whatever I can. Mm -hmm. whatever I can watch anything, basically, and not be, mm -hmm. like, squeamish about it. The book kind of tried that. <laughs> mm, okay. Uh, but I think it was really good. I think the movie does improve on that by kind of streamlining it and giving it more of a 
apparent purpose. And yeah. also the female gaze is, I think, essential to this succeeding. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it would have been just like knowing that it's from that perspective makes it even scarier because it's like also they know, like women know how mm. dicky men could be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hot take. Uh, so they drew on, I'm sure, a fair amount of experience, and which makes it even Absolutely. You know, scarier. Yeah. So I've definitely heard people say stupid shit like that. Stuff that men would would write off if they're writing a screenplay, possibly. Yeah, and it's like no, that, that's uh, no, that's a that's a that's a, that's a threat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy. To anybody. We may laugh it off, but we are doing that out of pure fear. Fair. <laughs> and again, I'm I'm a dude. I'm just speaking from what I've have have women tell me. But no, that's yeah. not that's legit. Well, speaking of fear, um, <laughs> October's coming up, <laughs> so uh, it's officially fall stuff. now. It's officially fall. Like I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling very in tune with myself. Um, Good time to, like, clean up and, like, work on some projects and, like, get shit going, man. Like, summer's ending and, like, you know, now we can be a little more focused and, like, we're not so distracted by this shiny sun. Yeah, we got some exciting stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, Um, We'll be talking a lot about the Halloween movies moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, So, and then once... Halloween is done. We will try to like get a good rotation of like different types of horror movies mm-hmm. just to kind of mix things up. Different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. countries of origin. Yeah. So like hang on to your belt buckles, motherfuckers. Because yeah. we're uh, we're gonna just uh, do the damn thing. Um and yeah, well maybe we'll have some fun things to announce later. Who knows? Who even we know. knows? <laughs> I mean, who can ever be sure? <laughs> uh cool. So you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Halloweeners Pod. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, but I never check Twitter at Hey Kira Hey. You can follow me on everything at <gasps> Cody Monster91. Thanks to Apre Pompey for his music. Check him out. He's incredible. Check him out. Please. He's all very cute. I heard he's a good kisser. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Also, I just heard he moved into this really nice apartment yeah, with, with his, his partner. Yeah, Crazy. We live here by ourselves now. Wee! Um, <laughs> and uh, thank you to Leah Patterson at A Tender Witch for her artwork. Tender. That was American Psycho. Um, vote in the midterm so yes, we don't give our American Psycho more power. Please. I just registered to vote in the state of Illinois. Yes. So I'm waiting to hear back on that. Uh, stay safe, kids. And vote. Vote. Bye. <laughs>